Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. If you have not, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight, where we have some amazing merch and plenty of other things for you guys. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiner. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And as always, let's go through some quick updates that's been going on with Halo. We have a really big one, actually, which is Halo Infinite has been delayed. Yes, it's been delayed indefinitely into 2021. No notice spring, summer, fall, winter, you mm-hmm. know, when it's going to happen. You know, they, they had put out a press release and cited originally... You know that that COVID nineteen had no issue with this, and then they said it's the major delay. So, you know, take it as you want. If that's going to be their major delayer, or if you know, once fans saw that trailer and the mm-hmm. gameplay, they're like, "Oh, never mind." You know, we're going to push this back. So, hopefully, that'll improve on a lot of things. Um, I guess as well. You know, we learned that multiplayer will kind of be separate mm-hmm. than campaign. Uh, it'll be free, and you'll have access to it through xbox live so that's gonna be a major selling point but i think really the biggest blow of this is gonna be to the new xbox sales yeah i you and i talked about this the other day i mean it's going to i mean sony's gonna win this one they're gonna win this uh no nintendo yeah yeah we talked about nintendo for sure will win but i guess sony is gonna come in a a good second i will see because they still haven't announced anything, and people are getting True. pretty angry with uh, yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, definitely, we don't know any information for Sony or for mm-hmm. Microsoft, so it's kind of up in the air right mm-hmm. now. And then, and then finally, just to kind of wrap everything up, there is a new track that has been released called Through the Trees. It's on Halo's YouTube. Check it out. Pretty good. Very reminiscent. Yeah, um, I disagree, but it does sound like <laughs> Donkey Kong Country, so go check it out. <laughs> With that being said, now let's move on to the meat and potatoes of today's episode. We are on Halo Escalation. We're covering another comic. So two comics in a row, first time for us. But this is a this was the first ongoing series in the mm-hmm. the Halo comic universe. Yeah, so Halo Escalation is the sixth comic series in the Halo franchise, covering several tales in the period between Halo 4 and Halo 5. It had several writers and artists, and was published by Dark Horse Comics, with the first issue released December 11th, 
2013. Yeah, so let's talk about the the writers and the artists for this comic because really there there were multiple. Mainly we want to go over Chris Schlerf. He is an American freelance writer. Uh, Schlerf was also the lead writer for Halo 4 and wrote the first six issues of Halo Escalation and the short story Petra that was included in the 2010 reissue of First Strike. So after leaving 343 Industries, he would go on to work at Bioware on Mass Effect Andromeda before leaving in 2015, moving to Bungie, and then leaving Bungie in 2016. So as of right now, from what I've seen, he's uh, a freelance writer right Mm -hmm. now. Other writers include Duffy Boudreaux and Brian Reed. Art by Sergio Arreño, Ricardo Sanchez Ariola, Douglas Franchin, and Ian Richardson. Colored by Juan Castro, Rob Leanne, and Dennis Frites. And cover art by Anthony Palumbo, Kenneth Scott, Nicholas Bovier, Daniel Chavez, Jean-Sebastian Rosbach, and Isaac Hannaford. So Isaac has been working on Halo since Bungie-era stuff, creating some awesome covers for... Uh, some of the novels, so he he kind of continued doing that for a lot of these comic book issues themselves. Mm-hmm. And as far as writing the comic, Initiation was written to give backstory and context to the Spartan Force and Sarah Palmer. So a little bit more that we saw, obviously, in Initiation. This mm-hmm. little little tidbit, little tidbit yeah. into it. Escalation was written to start bridging the gap between the games and the rest of the existing universe in the comics and novels. Plus, it was a way to dive into all the concepts that were planned for Spartan Ops Season 2 and so on. 343 Industries didn't so much ask what's next after Halo 4, but instead it's asked, which stories do we tell first? 343 Industries spent a lot of time on Requiem. They needed to branch it out. Yeah, and so the comic was officially announced at the 2013 Comic-Con with the first issue releasing December 11th, 2013. So not a whole lot going on with any crazy stories about writing this or anything like that. It was just, as we said, it was uh, really kind of, they had a lot of stories still planned, but after Spartan Ops 1 didn't do so well, they're like, well, we need to tell these stories because we have the Janus Key part of the story the halo story now so we really need to kind of start wrapping all this up eventually Mm -hmm. so let's go over some of the characters that we have in this comic so let's start with major characters we have ayat sevi who is a zinghili Catherine halsey which we all know Catherine halsey at this point daniel clayton who we find out is actually a pretty important insurrectionist uh leader gabriel thorne and you know he had been in spartan op season one he is a spartan four Holly Tanaka, this is actually an introduction to her. We see her in Halo 5. She is part of Fireteam Majestic. Then, of course, we see the legendary Master Chief, John 117. Jewel Amdama, as we know, is the leader of the Didax Hand. We also saw him in the Kilo 5 trilogy. Naya Ray, who is another Spartan. Sarah Palmer, of course, as we know, is the leader of the Spartan Force. We have Admiral Terrence Hood, who makes his return. Thomas Lasky, as we know, who is the captain of the Infinity, and the Erd-Didact, or the Bad-Didact, as we like to call him. Mm-hmm. And then we have a couple minor characters that I'll kind of just mention through that I think really had an impact on this and kind of left something as part of it. Starting off, we have 859 uh, Static Carly Carlin, however I said in the other episode. But uh, yeah, that that is a monitor um, who basically helps somewhat stop the Erd Didact, activate a bunch of composers. 
that we'll learn about. Uh, we see Blue Team. We see a little bit more about James Cutter uh, and, you know, just a, a couple of fun people that we're going to meet. We're going to meet some more Spartans coming up. We're going to see love and failures and death and life. <laughs> it's going to be great. I love that Netflix show. Uh, yep. That's a great show. It was a reference to love. Death, Death robots. robots. I know yep. what you're talking about. Come on. Yep, that was a joke. All right, so let's dive into the summary itself of the comic. As I said, it's 25, no, 24 issues long. So there is a lot of ground to cover, but I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great stories being told in this comic. Yeah, this is one of the first times we really get these awesome kind of backstory one-off issues mm-hmm. just because they've had the amount of material they can do mm-hmm. you know because we're going to get that with tanaka we're going to get a little bit more of that with some of the spartans and some more like i said with admiral hood and kind of figuring out a little bit about the past and where these people came from and how it really influences them in the story mm-hmm. yeah so the comic does start off we have palmer in this snowy terrain and she starts attacking all of these elites, and eventually, I, I even like she she talks about how she's been collecting all of these uh, energy swords that she's getting ready to use on all of these elites. And eventually, find we find out that they're actually in a war game simulation. Mm-hmm. But but afterwards, she meets up with Lasky, and he's you know asking, "Oh, are you taking some R and R?" But really, this is. Her idea of R&R, eventually they are called, uh, Lasky and Palmer are called to the UNSC HICOM facility to talk to uh, Hood, Osmond, and a few other higher-ups because they're being taken off of the Requiem mission because it kind of screwed that up with letting Halsey go, and they're now going to be put on a, a different mission. Yeah, so it basically, yeah, starts us out, gets an introduction, and this is kind of the first time we really see, you know, everyone kind of laid out. You know, like you said, as as far as Admiralty with, you know, the Army, Navy, Oni, Marines, and Air Force. And, you know, like you said, talking about you kind of messed up Requiem. You know, we have some other ideas for you. We need to get out of here. But we that we see it still on Palmer's mind. Like, mm-hmm. this is like my revenge. I need to get Halsey. Like, I need to be put on this. And doesn't have to get put on it. But we'll see that kind of recur through the comic is like mm-hmm. Palmer cannot let that go. And it's kind of like this grudge she has that something happened, so we need to get this figured out. Mm, yeah, and eventually what happens is Hood approaches Lasky and says, you know, listen, we, we kind of need you and some Spartans as guards for this, or for escort, because the Arbiter and the Chief of the Brutes, or one one of the Chieftains, uh, Lytus, we're going to try to all get together and we're going to try to to have some peace talks. We're going to try to work this all out. Yeah, because basically they're trying to say, okay, the elites, you know, under the Arbiter are running out of resources. Mm-hmm. The Brutes aren't necessarily hoarding them, but they have so many rich planets where the Brutes were stuck mm-hmm. during the Covenant that they kind of have that all under their belt. So this is the first time that they've found a Brute that is willing to come to discussion that's not just about their own kind of clan that's mm-hmm. bringing it out. So this gets set up. The Spartans are kind of wary about it because they actually go to this neutral planet that is a plasma refinery. They just basically convert the entire planet into a plasma refinery. So it's this crazy elements. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of worried about comms, but they're like, hey, 
No one really knows about this. This is neutral territory. This was a need to know, super confidential. So, you know, it should be good. And so we have both sides of the ships come in. This is where we get our first look at the Arbiter. Donning new classic armor. Yes, donning classic armor, looking pretty silly. Um, (laughs) I don't like it, but hey, you do what you got to do, Arby. Uh, So yeah, so we we get the council going. We get the council going. It's a round table. They're chit-chatting. And I love a quick point about just how they've they've written this and, and some of the art style. I like the text they use for the brute. I don't know if you ever noticed that, that it's more jaggedy. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like that, almost like trying to be brute speak, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. So they have that set up, and the brutes are basically saying, humans, like, this will never happen. Like, the, the, the saying Healy can't hold themselves. Like, you guys are just rats. Like, th- th- we'll try the best we can. Yeah, and so as... The Spartans are kind of doing security detail. Palmer notices that an elite is dead. She, yeah, she yeah, walks yeah. out in the hallway and she's like, uh-oh. And so that's when the fighting kind of ensues because all of a sudden a giant explosion happens. A, out... ca- a kavoom, to be a, specific. A kavoom. Forgive me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so all of a sudden a bunch of uh, a different Covenant faction shows up. Yes. And they're trying to assassinate all the ambassadors, uh, Hood, Arbiter and Lightus. Yeah, and to give you guys a little bit of backstory, if you didn't know already, you know, after the fall of the Covenant and a little bit more with Kilo 5, we're going to have all these different kind of religious sects saying Mm -hmm. that we're the true Covenant, you know, the Mm -hmm. gods are under us, so especially in the Sanghealy, there's such upheaval. You know, I mean, you've seen in Halo 5 whenever you're walking around the planets and talking with them, like, there's so much upheaval. Well, they even mention at one point, like, there are dozens of new factions claiming they are the new true covenant. Like yes. it's just this problem that's happening, happening where they're all just popping up out of nowhere. And to give you guys a quick background too, so this Spartan team that we're currently viewing, because we may not be viewing some of them soon, this is uh, Jackknife. Mm-hmm. So this this is Spartan Jackknife's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So eventually, uh, this fight ensues and. Even at one point, the, the uh, Lightus is like accusing the Arbiter is like, "Oh, like the, these are all your men," but Arbiter's like killing them. Like these are clearly my, not mine. Yep, I'm killing them, bud. Like, what are you talking about? So yeah, now eventually it, it comes to them having to escape huge invasion force. Huge, huge, yeah, uh, invasion force, and I even like that. Really, it's just their job to protect the Spartans. Uh, it's their job to protect all of these ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's going okay. But as they start to get to their ship, as is usual in action movies, it's destroyed, so they have to retreat back inside of this refinery that they were talking about. Like, they found it, like, all right, we need to get into this refinery place. Let's go seal it up. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. So at the same time, you know, this is where they start to figure out, okay, there's some tunnels. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was issue number one for you. So... It may seem a little different pacing than our usual, going panel to panel. We're going to kind of summarize these for you, because mm-hmm. otherwise we'd be here about six hours yeah. going through these. Some of you might like that, but... I wouldn't. <laughs> no, so, so we'll give you kind of the best part. So yeah, so give a quick summary. First issue, we get reintroduced to Palmer, reintroduced to all these characters, and fire team Jackknife, protecting these delegates. It all goes belly up. Mm-hmm. And then we start issue two. All right, so at this point... We have Lasky starting this up at a terminal. We're in the Plasma Refinement Facility Parts Depot. And this is 2558-0305, Elan 4, which is that plasma planet. So this is where Lydus and the Arbiter are starting to, not form an alliance, but they're like, okay, we have to work together. We got to figure this out. And they realize that 
or I, I guess the, the Arbiter kind of reveals, hey, we used to squat on this planet like during the Human Covenant War. So we have base defenses around here. It's just they're all offline. Like we just decommissioned them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we can get out there, there's AA guns, there's supplies. We need to get there. So what they end up deciding to do is, all right, let's kind of split this up. Let's go ahead and let's get out there and see what we can do. And then this is where we get introduced to Spartan Ray. And so Spartan Ray is got, I think, my favorite color armor of these because some are pretty lame and white. This is blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. Pretty sweet looking. So they're, they're kind of looking around to see who can be a comms expert and kind of lead the expedition. And they re- approach Spartan Ray. And, you know, she's like, oh, I did I did four years in, in SIGINT. And they're like, all right, cool. Now you're, ex- you're you are our... Resident expert on communications. So, welcome aboard. Comms person. Yeah. You're That's our gonna, official title. You're going to lead these comms. And now we get introduced to a new Singhealy. And this is where we get Gajat. And we have a human on board this ship, which mm-hmm. is not the first time we're seeing it, but it's, hey, we've got, we got some stir in the pot right now. Mm-hmm, yeah, and he definitely seems like he's kind of in control. Yes. You know, he's like, your associates have finished blackening out comm channels. So it's it's this very formal kind of, you know, shipboard, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say there's even respect there. It's just there's something there that you know that yeah. they've been working together for a bit now. I want to point out, we are seeing skirmishers in some of these panels, mm-hmm. which supposedly we thought were extinct. So they're not. Yes. And I think this is where 343 is really trying to reintroduce a lot more of these different factions and, mm-hmm. and where they could have found mm-hmm. them and, and who's part of what. They threw everything in this series. I will say that. They they put a lot in this series. Yeah, and it's it's done really well. I think they've done really well with all the essence they've used. Yeah, so eventually, you know, they're, they're talking about how they're, they're trying to escape through these tunnels, and we're seeing that whoever this this faction is is making their way towards arbiter and and hood and lightus and they do have to they they make their way across this bridge at one point to try to get to a different facility correct so so this is where they're making it to the other facility to activate the systems mm-hmm. get to the aa guns and i believe he was saying you know stash there we have a couple ships so we can we can take those to get out of here mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately all hell breaks loose because they are attacked while trying to get to this other facility. Yes, where we see a lich. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you see Palmer decides to devise this plan where she puts a bunch of of plasma grenades in her helmet, and she just throws it at the lich with a good thum and dest- good old thum, good old thum, and destroys it. But unfortunately, then she gets pinned down by some covenant, but it's nothing that she really can't handle necessarily but moving on from that we see that uh this is our second team so this is what yeah, happened oh, before yep, yep they split off yeah so so lasky and ray split off because they were the ones who had to go find the comm link to try and get it back up because at this point our associates we learned about of our new elite and human alliance that we have they have blocked all comms so their mm-hmm. their option is okay because they're thinking it's the storms. They're thinking it's got to be the storms or something with this plasma refinery. So let's go figure out. They have to have some like old school way of communicating. We've got to figure out how to find it. So as they're walking along, Ray gets... And I love this little relationship that builds. Because we start to see like Ray and Lasky start to trust each other a lot throughout this. And we'll mm-hmm. see some missions they go on. And you know, Ray gets, Ray gets grabbed by this elite. And... 
you know, they, they have this, this back and forth, little quips, and then Lasky, like, as the elite's honor, just whips the butt around of this rifle across his face, and uh, then they take the elite out. But then this is where they go ahead and figure out, hey, it's actually, like, nothing to do with the storm. It's transponders itself here that are jamming it. So there has to be mm-hmm. someone who planned this out who knows what's happening. Yeah, and it, moving on back to our original team, we see that uh, uh, Palmer's taking out some of these elites and grunts that have pinned her down, and she gets back with the group, and they're they're continuing to move on to get to that other facility. And as some elite gets taken out, Hood actually walks over to the body and starts checking it because he's like, they obviously know something. Yeah, because originally they, no one was supposed to know mm-hmm. about this like transit tunnel they were taking, and immediately they were dropped in on. So Hood's like, "There's no way! Like we made no racket going this way. We made a distraction. How would they know?" As he's kind of rooting around, he pulls out this little data pad that has a UNSC insignia on it, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Okay, you know, because I love this his quote." He's like, Seems like an odd choice for a group that professes to hate all things human, doesn't it, Commander? You know, holding <laughs> the pad up. And he says, all right, they've got profiles on you, on me, on all the Spartans, on the delegates. You know, someone leaked the whereabouts of the negotiations. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It has n- They have no information on the elites or brutes. It's mm-hmm. all UNSC personnel. So it's a- automatically kind of starting to dwindle down, like, who could be leaking this information? Yes, because they're like, okay, so... We got to figure this out, but it's obviously an inside job mm-hmm. that's happening here. Mm-hmm. Now we jump back over to our duo, you know, who are have figured out that this spire is the one that will pretty much they got they got to get in, they got to be quiet, and they need to get over to our other team. So they're like, hmm, there's some uh, there's some banshees down there. So they sneak around, grab some banshees. And uh, I do love the two different art style of banshees that they have going on there. Yes, I, they've done really well with that, mm-hmm. and and it's just it's really cool to see, and and I'm I'm really impressed. Yeah, and and eventually, Scruggs is starting. Spartan Scruggs uh, is starting to clear out an area for them to make their way into. Unfortunately, we see that there are like dead brutes and some Spartans. So he was the only one to make it out of that little. Uh, team to go and cl- secure a route yeah they they basically did a forward route and they were the ones who arrived at the facility they're arriving at cleared it out and it's this really kind of solemn scruggs look and like you said jesse unfortunately there's spartans and others dead we'll see what's happening why they're dead yep so that is issue two so a quick summary for that as well we'll give you a little little, little sums little summaries you know we, we continue on we start to see that hmm in fact, someone here is jamming this, and hmm, in fact, we got a traitor amongst the UNSC. So, we then continue on over to issue three. And issue three starts with a beautiful airdrop. I might say it's a 10 out of 10 if we were at the Olympics, I'd have to say. And we have Spartan Ray jumping down to an elite and just crushing him out of his banshee as we have Lasky land. That's an achievement in Halo Reach. Assassinate Elite, uh, so you won't die. She she got that achievement. That is true, <laughs> and uh, and so so at this time they're not connecting up yet. They're actually flying through the tower to get up to that signal jammer, and because they figured out okay, it's got a giant beating heart. Let's take it out. We should be good to go to get those comms back up. Yeah, so they do make it into the facility, 
And now we see that there is still, like, no matter what, there's still this tension between all three ambassadors for the brutes, the elites, and the humans. Uh, and, and as this tension is kind of growing, all of a sudden, Scruggs grabs Hood and puts a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. So, clear giveaway on who this uh, inside mole has been the entire time. But unfortunately, we jump back to the bridge of the UNSC Infinity. Got a bit going on here. And we've got word that Lasky has finally gotten through to comms and is like, hey, you know, stuff hit the fan. We need some some evac out of here. Like, at least just start attacking a place. And this is where we're also introduced to Commander Bradley, who's, who's on board the UNSC. And unfortunately, at the same time, we have the brutes over comms in their ships saying, like, your demands mean nothing. We're not standing down. We are attacking because those elites, you know, attacked us. Like, we need to get revenge on it, basically. But at the same time, they're like, okay, we need to get the infinity in here. We need to take care of this. We won't get reinforcements in time. You know, this place will just be destroyed before the infinity can even get in and get close. And... We start to see, you know, some of that start to ring true. Then we jump back for a couple panels back to this Covenant ship where we see that human and Gajat. And they're basically discussing, okay, my man on the ground says, we got him. The fire team's down. So the, the diplomats will be in your hands very soon. And they said, all right, let's prioritize that facility over there where we pinged him before and where we jump back, back to that action of our hostage situation. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because this is, Really, we're, you know, there's like, for God's sake, you're a Spartan. Scruggs says, okay, listen here. Yes, I am. But do you know who caused all this death and this devastation? Do you know who started the Sanghealy uprising? Mm-hmm. Like, like really hinting back to all these stories we know that Oni has been forcing all these hands. And, you know, or what happened to like John 117, this supposed idol we have, you know, and you don't even understand half of what's going on. Palmer then says, you know what? I'm so sorry. Not for you, Scruggs. And then shoots Hood in the leg, causing Scruggs to drop him, and a battle ensues between Palmer and Scruggs. Yeah, and I, I love how it's it's a pretty quick fight, because it, and it's one-sided, too. Palmer throws a knife in his wrist, mm-hmm. beats the hell out of him, and finally puts a knife in his throat. And just ends it. Like it was, it was such an easy fight for her, you mm-hmm. could tell. Yeah, yeah, there was no fight. Or like, no, it was one-sided. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so moving on from that... We're back to the uh, one of the other teams who are getting the AA guns ready so they can escape. Oh, yeah, this and, this, and this is where we, we get to DeMarco. And DeMarco is leading this team uh, where they have discovered in the facility the AA guns. One of those, like, Covenant little dinky tug ships. They're like, it's like a tiny transport ship. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple other things. Basically saying what they got. And we have, because at this time, all comms are reintroduced. Mm-hmm. because of them taking out that big tower. They start to say, okay, you know, you you get the, the VIPs. Uh, Lasky says, you get the VIPs of safety. Let's get this going. Like, we, we got to extract. That's that's the main priority. Mm. You know, even though Palmer's like, you know what I need to do. I need to go help my Spartans that are out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he's like, this is an order. Yes. Like, through and through, you can't always stay with them. Your job is to, you know, be an escort. For these these ambassadors, yeah, and and I love this little interaction because you know this is always a death scene when little heart to hearts happen like this, mm-hmm. and you know this is when Demarco says, "Hey, c- can you give my buddy back his book? You know, he always wanted me to read it. Can you just tell him, you know, it wasn't bad. 
Yeah. Because if I say it's good, yeah. he know I won't read it. Yeah, if, if I say it wasn't bad, like, he'll he'll be none the wiser. Yeah. And, you know, that's when Palmer's like, listen, is there anything I can do? And, like, he's like, just go. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see you when I see you. Well, because he's got to stay behind. Yes, because the AA guns, even though they got them online, there's no targeting system. So it's mm-hmm. all manual fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, you always love that those those heart-to-hearts that happen and then... Moving on from, you know, they get out of there. He stays behind to defend them, and eventually he dies in the invasion. Yeah, so unfortunately. And going back, that little tug ship, that's that little tug thing we see pretty much in Halo 2 only. Oh, yeah, those transports on Earth in the tunnels. Yeah, That's the only time we really see them, so that's what they're taking off on. So, yeah. They can fly. They can fly, apparently. So, yeah, so he stays behind. But in the interim, he shoots a Banshee down, saving them. However, damning himself from another Banshee that just plasma cannons him and, and, and takes him out. Mm-hmm. And we see that six Spartans did die on that mission as well because it moves on and we're at a funeral now. Uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, we're supposed to say Spartans never die, but obviously they sacrifice themselves in this mission. Yeah, and and and, and also after this funeral, we see some tension between Palmer and Lasky because she had to leave one of her own to die. Well, she makes excuses. Those diplomats would have never agreed. This was pretty much a suicide mission to begin with, you know. And kind of questioning, like, like what is Oni and what is the Admiralty having us do for real? You know, because mm-hmm. I, I I really think Scruggs got in her head. And it was like, yeah. you don't even know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think she's kind of mulling that over. Yeah, and obviously we can see that Lasky's upset about this. Yeah, so so a week later afterwards, we see Lasky meeting up with Admiral Hood. Mm-hmm. And Hood's saying, like, I know Scruggs was, you know, a defector, but I don't think he was the mole. No, because he was saying there's, like, there's no way with him and our team he could have relayed all this information, got data pads out, all this stuff. There's someone higher up, and he said, and then basically, then Lasky says, "How high?" And Hood says, "High enough that it scares the hell out of me." Mm-hmm. You know, meaning that it's it's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so that ends our third issue. You know, ending this intro to this really cool kind of diplomatic start to it. It was mm-hmm. a very intro to the Spartans. You know, we have loss. We have you know, hopefully some stuff coming up and we're going to see who those that uh, elite human combo is because mm-hmm. they ended up fleeing the system and this whole battle ensued because they basically went under that cover, that guise of battle to live to fight another day. And then on to issue four. Issue four starts with a classic. We oof. We oof. We oof. Or just a we oop. But it says <laughs> we oof. Anyway, alarm goes off. <laughs> Which I love. And with just all these chaos and these panels, and we see that there's, you know, this ship called the Pride that's in there, and things are blowing up. We don't know what's going on. And then we jump to some Spartans outside who are in booster packs fighting these ships, and just a chaos ensues. And I always love that in shows when they start it that way, like the end of it is the beginning. Yeah, then it jumps back pretty much to 74 hours earlier than this mm-hmm. chaos ensues. We're back on the Infinity still. And this is where Lasky and Hood are really starting to set up their scheme to try and figure out what's happening. And we then see our Lasky-Ray, our Spartan-Ray combo again. Mm-hmm. Lasky says, all right, Hood, don't do anything. I know a way to get some information let me take Ray on this covert mission to figure it out and figure out who this mole is, and then we can act on it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see they're kind of like even in civilian clothes too. Mm-hmm. Like it's clearly like they're gonna go like undercover, super undercover. Yeah, yeah. Moving on from that, we see some Spartans having some hand to hand combat training uh, with a good old Kirk Ohm. Kirk Ohm. Yeah, Kirk Ohm. Good old punching. <laughs> yeah, we see that basically they're all pretty upset about the idea that uh, uh, DeMarco's gone because they're talking about that's who they used to spar with and everything. And that it was, you know, it's Palmer's fault is what they're saying because this mm-hmm. is where we get introduced to Madsen and Thorne. And they're like, Commander Palmer should have been there for him. Why'd she, you know, why did they have to die doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's when she, it's like one of those awkward things. She shows up as they're uh, talking and there's like, uh-oh. Yeah. She hears us. And then we jump back to Hood and this is where Hood's like, hey, uh, Roland, I want to do a quick, you know, rundown of the Forerunner tech on this. Let's test out this Forerunner engine. Let's just jump anywhere in slip space. I just want to see if we can get close to it. He's basically trying to, I don't know at this point if he was like trying to figure out more secrets about stuff or he's just literally like, jump with the engine. Maybe he's just bored. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't much going on. You got a, you got a bullet in the leg. Yeah. Not so, much more to do. <laughs> so they start this off and they, uh, they, they, Begin to jump. Then we jump over to Castiglione, capital of Escala Three, and this is where we are at the outer colonies with both Lasky and Ray. And I love they have this like just normal human talk. So even Lasky's like, "Oh, Ray, I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't even know your first name." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, Naya," because he's like, "Oh, you call me Tom." And we see this mystery woman. Uh, we basically see a uh, uh, Spider Gwen. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's because like, it kind of looks New York ish as right? well. That's that's what I was like, what comic am I reading right mm-hmm. now? Yeah, and so we see that there's this this woman climbing down from a balcony, and to find out this is uh, Lasky's kind of in, and to find out she is a re- uh, reporter, mm-hmm. and that's basically what she was doing is sneaking around. So obviously she kind of goes. Uh, behind the law in order to get some of her stories yeah so yeah so as they're talking to janicek i love that ray brings up so you and ms janicek oh we grew up together on mars before she decided to be a planet hopping journalist and basically you know knows everyone knows the ins and outs like works for not works for both sides but can work both sides to like get Mm -hmm. the info she needs yeah and they're they're obviously like Lasky isn't trying to be too straightforward with her before she's like, you know, like, drop the cloak and dagger stuff. Like, what's yes. going on here? What do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Then we jump back over to the UNSC Infinity, who, while they were about to make that jump to go back a little bit, they actually got a faint distress signal. Mm-hmm. So that's when Hood was like, oh, man. All right, let's go to the distress let's signal. Let's do a real jump instead of fake playtime jump. Yeah, so, so they jumped there. And we have a pelican out there that's kind of talking and like, hey, like, you know, it's beaten up pretty bad. There's some faint, you know, signs of life, but, you know, I don't know if we're going to have anything. So they they say, okay, Pilgrim's Pride, which is the name of the ship, bring it inside. Yeah, and this is where it kind of comes back to when we saw in the comic uh, all those Spartans jumping down. Yes, going out because the ship actually sent out some old long swords and some old, old ship tech to attack. And so, yeah, the Spartans mm-hmm. basically go out there to get on the ship and see what's actually going on inside of it. Yeah, so they come in. I even love 
they're starting to try to take out some of these a or not anti-air turrets, just these turrets in general. And and one of the Spartans is using his uh, sniper rifle almost like a bat. Essentially, he's just walking around just smacking all the turrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, big mistake bringing a sniper rifle onto a ship. First of all, so that's really <laughs> the only thing you can do with it in there. <laughs> just use it as a bat. Yeah, and and so they looking around. They're like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, let's go ahead, get out of here because this ship's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. You know, we we got to get out of here. We got to figure this out and tug it out of here. So they actually, because they figured out there's like a reactor going to go off. Mm-hmm. It's basically a trap. But Spartans make it through. Thorne's like, hey, we did it. We did it. And moving back now, we're with Lasky and Ray. To our Paris slash New York setting. Yeah, this We're at a place. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so... First of all, the Outer Colonies, that's the place to be, apparently. It is. It's a nice little view. But I think at one point, Lasky asked for, you know, like, hey, uh, Ray, can you give us some time, just me and her? And he's trying to say, like, listen, like, Lasky's telling his friend, like, listen, this is, you know, you can't say anything to anyone about this. Honestly, telling a reporter you can't say this is kind of yeah. ironic. But, you know, he he's explaining the situation like, listen, we, we there's someone leaking information inside the UNSC. Yeah. We we need your help to know who is this? Who is this person? Yeah. And so he's talking to uh, her name, first name is Petra. And Petra's like, OK, you know what? I can easily do that. I've got informants everywhere. But in return, I want the story of the Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to know like his whereabouts, what's going on. I need to know about the Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, don't don't they compromise? And Lasky gives her this the uh, his story with the chief. Yeah. So as, as they're kind of discussing the terms, the terms, of what's going on? Mm-hmm. We jump back to Hood, and they're pulling apart some of the bits of this ship onto the Infinity, and they're basically like, "Hey, these were like early model vultures and sparrowhawks, like old tech, you know that." was off the UNSC Spirit of Fire. And you see Hood like, oh, don't waste my time, son. I know all about the Spirit of Fire. And so we're... Let me tell you a story about the Spirit of Fire. And it's pretty good because the comic ends with, I'm the reason they went missing. Mm-hmm. Super ominous kind of Hood face with it. Not as ominous as the one in MCC, but <laughs> pretty <laughs> darn close. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that ends our issue. So our summary of four is, is, is really cool. You know, we're starting to get introduced to Petra. Uh, who's this journalist that's going to help out Lasky to kind of figure out who that mole is. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, we had Hood somewhat fall into a trap, but give him some more idea on what's happening and mm-hmm. what possibilities there are. Well, the fact that even the spirit of fire is mentioned, this mm-hmm. is one of the first times we're actually bringing in that storyline into the modern day storyline. So yes. I think that's really cool. I think it's so cool because yeah, it's 30 years later. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's really neat that we're going to see an aspect of yeah. that. Yeah, so so the next issue, we see Lasky, Ray, and, and Petra land on this planet, Carava. Mm-hmm. And so Lasky, you know, as we said, kind of gives this alter, this compromise and says, you know, I'll give you my Master Chief story. So I'll get, you know, you can interview me about all my experiences with him. Mm-hmm. Even back to old uh, Ford on Sedan, that movie I starred in. Of course, I'll tell you about that. Of course. You haven't seen my IMDb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as they go through, we realize this is a Sangheili controlled, not even a trading post. I guess it's kind of a trading post. It's kind of like a pirate post almost. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Petra's like, oh, like, I know everything about this place. Don't worry about it. Also, don't bring guns. So, you know, <laughs> just that's why we kept the guns on there. And, 
we see, we see Ray, as Ray does as a Spartan, get into it with an elite just by like growling back to it. Yeah, it growls, so she growls back. And she realizes like basically she just insulted their mother. Mm-hmm. And so they come out with swords and such a cool panel, very like Laura Crofty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Petra just pull out this beautiful six shooter that's just like super ornate and just blows his head off and mm-hmm. is like, well, yeah, you don't bring guns because you would have shot everyone here, Spartan Ray. Mm-hmm. I bring guns because I know what I'm doing. Yeah, it, it's like an intimidation thing. It's mm-hmm. basically like, you know, just to show you're not scared. Yeah, we, we just basically earned brownie points here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which that's actually gave me kind of uh, some Firefly vibes mm-hmm. more than anything. That's what I got from it. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. She's a badass pirate journalist yeah. person. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so then they they go into this bar. I love seeing like the Zhang Healy like drinking with this eye patched bartender. It's eye patched human bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they do meet up with with Petra's contact, who kind of knows a thing or two or well. But then we move back to the UNSC Infinity, mm-hmm. and then this is where the story kind of breaks down. And because like Roland, can you? pull any data any data off this ship and he's like honestly they did a really good job it looks like they didn't erase anything they put a bunch of Mm -hmm. false reports and false crew reports on there and 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 to really throw us off but i did pull some stuff for you you know i figured out that it came from over here like in this jirohane system you know we're we need to figure out what we're going with this and this is now where we kind of break down a bit more about hood and you know he says you know i served under jim cutter aboard spirit of fire you know i was cutter's xo and all this stuff, like we were doing great, but you know, he's the reason I got my own ship. And he said, "Okay, I'm going to pursue these covenant. I'll put a little beacon here, find the beacon." Well, Hood, you know, in like kind of bloodlust, instead chased after some covenant instead of going for the beacon, got beaten back and never found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's where he wraps up. Was because of me, we never found the Spirit of Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we know where they are at. They're just in the middle of slip space. Mm-hmm. They obviously never played Halo Wars, so. <laughs> Maybe if they did, we'd know. Yeah, and so this is where they, they, they go on to, to kind of investigate, right? Yes, because they end up ping, pinging the signal mm-hmm. of what could be potentially the spirit of fire. And Palmer says, listen, if you want, I can take a small you know, force in there to just scout it out. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, make it happen. Yep, and they, they get on those classic Halo Legends booster frames. The old booster frames. They brought them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get some boosties going through, and I love it. Like, you just see Thorne just, like, flying around. Or, sorry, Madsen flying around, just, like, blowing up an asteroid, like, just circling, like, having fun. And Palmer's like, dude, I don't want to, like, clean you off an asteroid. Let's go. Yeah, well, he's saying, like, I love my job. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that would be probably pretty fun to drive. That's true. However, unfortunately, we're not actually seeing the spirit of fire. We're seeing this circular almost baby pacifier looking ship yeah it's i it's, don't know how to i feel like there's a show that we could reference probably it basically is like an orbital state space station yep. it's, it's yep. pretty much what it looks like with that's a ship attached used in every kind of sci-fi show 100 percent. yep uh so that's what it looks like because at this time too we saw that elite earlier that one with the human saying oh yeah we got signatures incoming close they're here mm-hmm. yeah uh, and then we're moving back now to Petra Lasky and Ray talking to their contact, and he's he's you know saying, "Listen, I've 
I've been hearing some stuff through the grapevine, and this is where it even mentions, you know, we are seeing dozens of quote unquote true covenant factions like pop up. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of chaos out there right now. Like Lask even says, you know, fortunately not everyone sees it your way because he's saying like it's it's everyone's just kind of fighting for the same thing. They're all wrong. And he yeah. even says, like, I like you. You're funny. And then I like this elite puking in the background. And it's so great too, because their contract they're talking to is an elite. And it's not so often that you have I don't want to say intelligent, but ones that don't care about combat or honor, and they're just in it for, like, the gold and, like, info and... Rational. Yes. Yeah. It's more like that rational aspect of it. Yeah, he's basically like, dude, just, I want a place to sleep. I want a lot of money. I don't care about all this religious stuff, and that's why he's he's a contact. Mm -hmm. And this is where he reveals. He goes, I got two pieces of info for you. One, you were attacked by forces led by Vada Gajat, and two, the person with them, the mole, is Captain Daniel Clayton who serves under Real Admiral Horatio Temkin. Mm-hmm. And then we have Alasky. <laughs> we have Alasky surprise Pikachu face. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we do these comic episodes for these faces. Oh, 100%. And we realized that uh, Temkins is the UNSC ambassador saying Helios. Mm-hmm. So they already had it inside, and they could have easily done all this themselves. And so I, I, I love this, too, because it's it's such a Star Wars-y vibe of going to like these backwater worlds mm-hmm. of like, hey, you're always welcome here. Like, it was good to talk to you. If you need more info, let me know. And I love that Lasky's like, hey, listen, now you're on my list. I'll let you know. The, the, usually these meetings, like these cliche meetings, kind of end with like a lot of tension, but mm-hmm. really, this guy's like, here's the info you need. Come back anytime. Yeah. See you. He says, hey, as long as you got money to spend, we're good. Yeah. He, and, and that's what I kind of like is like they do break away from some of those cliche things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it ends on a good note. They get what they need, they get out. But it does end on a dun-dun-dun note because mm-hmm. we actually figure out that Daniel Clayton is James Cutter's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's it's more of this revenge story than anything else. Yes, because we're figuring out that at this point, he's the one leading this facility for real. There's a bunch of humans working in here, and he gives a little backstory uh, you know, about his dad to this elite and basically says, the UNSC betrayed me. You know, they're scum. They could have saved him. They didn't. And then you know this leads like, okay, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what does all this mean? And he goes, because he's asked, like, what do we do? And he's like, nothing. What do you mean nothing? He's like, I'm waiting. And like, as soon as it happens, UNSC Infinity is across the screen. And he goes, I'm waiting for that. And he goes, open a channel to the Infinity, please. And so he shows up, introduces himself to Hood, and Hood's even surprised to see him. And now it's one of those things he gives the whole, like, uh, you know, listen, for years I knew something was up because I don't think he ever knew his father was truly dead. I think they were just said he was on a long mission, basically. Mm, and so all of a sudden they were starting to get checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and his mother were starting to get checks, and he kind of put everything together like, oh, my father's dead. And then he, he says that he got through the UNSC ranks quickly through nepotism, essentially, because it's like, his dad's dead. Let's. Well, they're basically saying, because I, I really like this, and they don't have this in a lot of stories, that I've never accomplished anything. It's You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I rose through the ranks. Mm-hmm. I have never done anything for myself. This is your fault. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Again, it's like, the not that guilt, but he's like, it's rage over yeah. anything. I wanted to do this myself, but you basically covered up that you, you basically let him die. And you feel bad. So me, you raising me like this is because you felt bad. But this is where he says, activate the glass cannon. Mm-hmm. And we realize that Starship is actually, uh, like, basically what the destroyers and stuff had. It's like a manu- like a 
mobile cannon, mm-hmm. and they actually they fire a glassing laser through the Infinity. Yeah, yeah, and so that wraps up the issue. Yeah, and so you know, big stuff here. We're obviously seeing you know James Cutter's son, mobile glass cannons, and and a real start to like possibly the downfall of Infinity. Don't play Halo Five yet. Possibly a downfall of the Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and so now we have the next issue. And issue six. We see a lot of these. I love it's like it, it it starts with Hood close to his eyes and starts zooming out, and he's just talking about how how you know he's fought the Covenant, his rank, and now he's um he he's talking about how I always thought the Covenant were going to kill me, but now today it's pretty sure it's going to be a human that kills me, uh, Captain mm-hmm. Daniel Clayton, who is the illegitimate son of my mentor. My friend James Cutter, and so he's basically saying this guy's going to kill me. Yeah, they, they you know the previous issue that glassing beam put a huge hole through the UNSC Infinity. Mm-hmm. And we have this this full panel of Hood on the ground just saying, you know, I've committed a huge number of sins protecting my people from extinction. I do mm-hmm. not expect to see God's face when I die, mm-hmm. but. I pray he can see his way to granting me just one request before sending me to hell I so richly deserve. You know, and he's basically, I pray that he allows me the chance to go back and stop all this from happening. Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a, oh man, I, 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 I love this whole panel because we have Hood here with like a piece of metal like through his stomach, all bloodied up, like torn apart. He just got shot in the leg and now this is happening. Mm-hmm. And it's still kind of in his head because he's like, this is all on me. If I had come back and, you know, just just, just let me go back. You know, unfortunately, Commander Bradley's dead. This is all my fault. We then jump over to our little spaceship. Mm-hmm. And like three hits in under a minute. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, Captain, Captain Clayton is a covenant glassing cannon, a weapon that melts continents, and he's using it as a toy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, someone needs to stop him, you know, before we're dead in the water. Who's left? Yeah, and so... The, the Spartans start making their way towards that facility, and we find out that they have to stop firing the cannon for a few minutes to let it cool down. Mm-hmm. And that's when they notice, like, oh, we have uh, single pilot vehicles uh, incoming. and Incoming quickly. Uh, yeah, incoming quickly. And this is where Clayton's like, we need this back up in two minutes because they're trying to take out the Infinity as quickly as possible and, and get out of there. Yeah, and, and Clayton... Basically commands this elite and says, I need you to deal with that Spartans. And he's like, that's not what you pay me for. And he goes, have I ever not paid you? Mm-hmm. He said, I'll pay you whatever you want. Go deal with them. Mm, yeah. And even this elite's like, Gajat's like, this was supposed to be taking out, you know, this one guy. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming this. It's just growing and growing more and more. He's basically like, I'll do it. But, you know, we probably shouldn't. Yeah, but but in the end, he goes, you know, your coin spends, and he even says that to like his people. He's like, listen, Clayton's paid us well, but he's a fool. You know, why should we have to keep like dealing with his pocketbook when if we, you know, take over the infinity, we'll be kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, oldest story in the book. Let's steal mm-hmm. the infinity and then sell it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Not a bad plan, though. But yeah, and so now we see uh, the the rest of the Spartans make their way onto that facility, that saucer facility, however you want to call it, and uh, get on the surface of it, and now they're making their way in it itself. Mm-hmm. And at that same time, we have Gajat and his ship with his people 
start to plan a boarding mission onto the the infinity mm-hmm. yeah so it's like we're getting these kind of like two different invasions yes. going on all at once but palmer and her spartans do make it make their way onto the the bridge it's everyone hands you know hands up they take it pretty pretty easily and even clayton's kind of like uh no no, no don't listen to her because there's a bunch of spartans with their guns on you they're like don't listen to her just keep going and she's basically just like and i will say this as much as people don't like palmer from the games the comic books redeem her a lot. Mm-hmm. She's pretty cool in the comics. I'm not yeah, gonna lie, and I really like because she even says, you know, hey, listen, my people won't fire on you. That's a big if. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to stay where you are. Yep. And even then, he's he's still trying to say, do you know who I am? Like, however, <laughs> I do love that Thorn again not using his sniper rifle to shoot anything. He just he just butts butts him in the face. Like, I, I, you know- I now assume that weapon does not work. <laughs> and he just carries it around for intimidation factor. He's like, "Do you know who I am?" He goes, "Yeah, I know who you are." Hits him. He's like, "You, you know, you're a traitor. You killed Demarco." Because mm-hmm. now he's kind of lucky that he didn't get killed right there and then. Yes. And at this point, you know, the glass and cans back online. It's like, "Oh, we're just in time." You know, uh, we, we we were able to handle it. And at this point, too, we see that that Covenant ship mm-hmm. that they took out. Was basically had a target locator. It was like, all right, target locked. You know, mm-hmm. firing solution prepared. And that's why he said, all right, plasma cans are online. Just tell them to uh, fire that. And that's when Palmer pops up on his little comms display and says, oh, Clayton's watching. All right, we're all watching you burn. And then just <laughs> plasma fire down, destroying that Covenant ship. Gajat is out. Mm-hmm. Officially, Gajot is done. Kind of looked like a bionicle. He was he probably my favorite armor elite ever, or <laughs> elite four armor ever. Mm-hmm. It's almost like job's done, Spartan. Good work. It's this scene almost looks like it's out of the end of a mission of like Spartan ops or something. You know, that's it the like, feel it, like, it gives it like, off. Pans in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then we have seventy two hours later. So we see that uh Lasky and Ray make their way back after learning, you know, who who that mole was. Yeah. I love that even though they learned who it was, it was very useless because he showed up five seconds later and started attacking everyone. But at least they got to go to this Paris-New York hybrid city. That is true. And they, they even talk about it, too, Like, because you see this, this great relationship that still keeps building between Palmer and Lasky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Palmer says, you know, welcome back. You know, I want to apologize for how I acted before you left. You know, it wasn't your fault that we lost those Spartans, you know, this, mm-hmm. this, and that. And, you know, they start talking about the trip, and that's when Palmer reveals, oh, you found the moles? Yeah, we we already took care of that a couple days ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then but then we start to see, like, a little bit of blame that Lasky takes, and it's like, I think he harbors that same kind of like, uh, you know, you hold yourself accountable for everything that Hood mm-hmm. does. And it's like, if only I had done this, if you know, that 2020 hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on from that, then we have Hood go we visit Daniel Clayton, who's in a jail cell. And you see Hood's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's de- he got so he messed. Survived. He survived. Mm-hmm. He's all bandaged up, but he's definitely uh, messed up and basically saying, like, I want to talk to you about Admiral Drake. Because remember, he was mentioned in Initiation. Yes. When we had that rogue... Spartan Four, who you know she had like indestructible bones, like bone armor, basically, mm-hmm. and and she was possibly saved by him, possibly not, who knows? But yeah, it was mentioned as like this big growing force against the UNSC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they even bring it up like you know four years ago he tried to 
steal it now you're trying to destroy it why like and this is where it's like a cliche D- daniel's like oh like we've grown stronger than ever before the mm-hmm. insurrectionists have uh, over the past excuse four you years. the new colonial alliance the new clone yeah insurrectionist is very barbaric i'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically saying like you know your earth everything's going to fall like we will take over and this is where uh basically hood's like you know i'm I'm done here and he's saying you know oh we will meet again one day and hood gives this very sad i don't know bummed out look (laughs) (laughs) yeah just this very bummed out look and then it it ends with how it began with him like narrating what's going on like Mm -hmm. you know i'm my name is terrence hood i'm the admiral in the space united nations space command navy like all this stuff like but it's a little bit more of a positive note instead of saying like i've done all this stuff i will never see god's face it's more of like you know it's positive but solemn because he's like i damned james cutter and his ship I wasn't there to save him. And, you know, I don't know what's going on. And then we get this two-page spread of the Spirit of Fire. Mm-hmm. You know, and he says, on February 10th, 2531, went missing. Every, you know, every day since then, I have wondered, what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And then this this panel. So if you go, like, to the next page after that one, you get this abandoned ship flashing off and on. And he said, I hope Sunday will find her. You know, my friend will be there, and it'll be all good. But... On two of the panels, we see flood spores, or little flood pods running around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you but know, it, it, oh. and you see like this, like abandoned ship light in the background. And I love he's just like, oh, I can't wait to find them. No, nope, there's flood in that ship. And it's, it's so great because it's so sexy. He's like, I want to beg his for forgiveness. Like, you know, I want to make things right, and realizing it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. And that ends our issue. So our kind of culmination of that entire summit. Mm-hmm. Is is kind of finished. That's our kind of our summit story. We're gonna have a couple stories going through this, but this gets us a better look at the new Colonial Alliance. Obviously, bringing back the spirit of fire, bringing back more stories. I think we thought we never really would have seen again, mm-hmm. and yeah. tying it all together, which is really awesome. Well, they, they even tie in initiation into this as well, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool because that way it's not just some random one off thing. Yes, and I think this is really one of the first where they stopped doing like upgrades to weapons and equipment and never seeing it again. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they never had that into Halo 3. They never had that into Halo 4. We're starting to see that it's still around. Tech was just upgraded for frontline stuff, but mm-hmm. everywhere else, it's the older school models. It's just whatever they have to work with that's not being built all the time. Yeah. You know, wrapping up with those first six issues, that's the first quarter really of this whole series. Mm-hmm. Now we're on issue seven. Mm-hmm. And now this is where we get an introduction to Thorne's backstory, Gabriel mm-hmm. Thorne. And it starts actually with him as a kid talking about uh, the city of New Phoenix, which is where he grew up. So it's like a book report. Oh, the city of New Phoenix was the fourth most populated city in the United Republic of North America. You know, it, it did this, it did this. And you see that there's this old couple back there, you know, and, and he's kind of talking about his parents. And we realize those are his grandparents because unfortunately his parents uh, died in battle. Mm-hmm. They were they were uh, ODSTs. Yes, and on the planet uh, Alu- Aluvion, and yeah, they were getting they basically glassed. So well, they're, they're not wearing helmets. First of all, in this panel, so how are you going to know who they are if they didn't have helmets? Just assume it's the cool people trend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you see that like the planet's getting glassed, their forces are outnumbered, and you know he was he was he said basically I, I was eight. 
and I had no prep to not bury bodies when there should have been bodies mm-hmm. type thing. Basically talking yep. about how bad glassing is. Yeah, and then it, it shifts to the present day. So they're on the Doxica station, and we see Thorne is having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Spartan Grant, she was in Spartan Up season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always say season one. We should just say Spartan Ops. Yeah. This is Spartan Ops season two, essentially. Yes. So she was in Spartan Ops, and so she goes to wake him up because he's, of course, you know, just saying, like, no, go away, and having this whatever kind of dream. You could see mm-hmm. he's sweating. And to find out, it, he starts narrating. It kind of switches panels. He starts narrating to this nightmare that he's having every night is yes. his his grandmother is it's almost like a flashback. His grandmother is teaching him how to play the violin, and then all of a sudden it shows he's a Spartan. He's going from a child to a Spartan mm-hmm. playing this violin. Now all of a sudden the planet, uh, a new Phoenix, is getting composed. Yes, because he keeps talking about I, I couldn't save them. Like my mm-hmm. my, my nightmare is, which is also such a gruesome panel. Like he's all in the middle of these people getting composed, and he's mm-hmm. like. In a glassing, he said. He said, "I would. I would prefer a glassing over composing. It's instant death. It's instant death. It's destruction. Mm-hmm. Here, all the buildings stay. Nothing else changes, except for the people. Yeah, and re- remember, it was brought up in Spartan Ops that Thorne's family was uh was killed in New Phoenix because mm-hmm. it's brought up like very very beginning because they're all kind of talking about it and he's sitting quietly like in the corner because. Obviously, he just doesn't want to talk about it. And finally, uh, Grant does wake up Thorn, and you know, just trying to figure out what's going on. And he's he's just like, "Don't worry about it. It's it's just a dream. Sorry, I woke you up, but just don't worry about it." Yeah. And so she goes, she goes, "Let's go, let's go for a walk. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's walk this off." And he's like, "All right, let's sounds good." So they go to the cafeteria because that's usually what I do when I get a midnight walk. It's like let's go get some food. <laughs> <laughs> and so they sit down and eat. And she's like, "Dude, what's bothering you?" Like. Figures out that, you know, like, I think she already kind of knew, but, like, you're from New Phoenix, right? Well, we're above Earth. Like, we have to wait for the, the Infinity repair. It's going to be a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. New Phoenix is having this tribute where, like, the city is opening back up. I think it was eight years, was it? Yeah, eight years uh, since then. So he's like, you're not going? Like, let's go down. Let's see what they're doing. Like, why not be able to look through your old neighborhood again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we see this mass gathering. It's a new Phoenix rebirth ceremony. Mm-hmm. And basically it's oh, sorry, eight months ago. Apologize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not years. It would have been like at the war. <laughs> Dumb. Well, I don't know what happened. You know, you never know. But yeah, and so basically, it's it's the UEG president giving a speech mm-hmm. there. We see that I do love this detail that Thorn and and Grant stick like a head above everyone else mm-hmm. in the crowd. Yeah, as they're going through the crowd, you know, they're basically saying it's a rebirth. You know, we are Phoenix, basically. It's kind of why they chose New Phoenix. You know, we're, we're, we're getting this together. And I love that they're talking about, like, doesn't this feel like more like a funeral than a homecoming? You know, what mm-hmm. do civilians do, like, when they're not doing anything? Like, we see them consoling each other. And they're like, oh, I can't imagine. Uh, but, yeah, so they end up taking a troop hog. Because that's what you do. You don't get a normal car. You're like, just give me the hog to destroy all of these streets <laughs> and tear it up. And they go to his house, his old like little apartment block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he even it's it's almost like nothing ever changed. Mm-hmm. He walks in, it scans his eye to unlock the door, and he starts looking around, and he sees even this uh, 
this holographic panel show up of him he, he, and he's in his his uh military graduation uniform with his grandparents as well mm-hmm. and i even love that there's a master chief uh action figure oh, that pops it. up i love this relationship between him and grant because you can tell there's a little something something because mm-hmm. grant's just poking fun he's like you had a or she's like you had a master chief action figure and he's like no, my grandma bought that after she figured out, you know, I was getting into the Spartans. She bought it, you know. Which as, is still kind of cute. I love yeah. it. His grandmas would do that. Mm-hmm. And it's something that has nothing to do with him, but they go, Spartan, Spartan. Yes, buy that thing. Yeah, because it's like, oh, this is what my grandson is. He's this guy. Oh, I love it. And and so, yeah, eventually as they're making their way through, he he set, he goes out back. Mm-hmm. And, and, and something he had talked about is he was like, she pro- my grandmother probably died alone. Like, and I just regret it that I wasn't there. And finally he go he goes back and he says, you know, I found her and we see where she was when she died. She was playing violin out back and it's like on the ground. And we see that there's like this, this screen to, to um, display the music to play. To, uh, yeah. To like have all your, like your sheet music and it just keeps saying select song to display, you know, mm-hmm. and it keeps just saying it. And he just goes, she was right here when it happened. And you can see it just kind of. You can see it just kind of take over, and he's like, "You see a panic attack." So he's like, I, "I have to leave. Like, we can't. I shouldn't have come back here. We have to leave." Mm-hmm. But this is where Grant just kind of steps up and is like, "Dude, I was born on Arcadia. You know, I saw the planet fall. I mean, I was there, Gabriel, on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. what I wouldn't give. Like, because basically, she's like, you're a spoiled brat. What I wouldn't give to go back to something." Mm-hmm. I have nothing to go back to. It's just glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you it, know, and 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 to say like, listen, here's what here's what you need to do. You need to mourn. You have never mourned over this. You've just kept it inside, mm-hmm. and that's why you're having these nightmares. And man, like then they get to this really powerful moment where he's just kind of sitting there, and he he kind of gets in his head he goes you know i am not the only person who's ever lost anyone and grant's not the only person who could never go home again mm-hmm. you know he said i always hated earth too built up too cold but i love my grandparents and grant's right i should take this moment to honor my family's memory and it's just such a powerful really cool moment they put in here that they didn't have to yeah cuz he he starts playing violin and we see his kind of family, like a photo of his family, appear in the background. God, it's it's such a cool panel. Like mm-hmm. this would be something I would hang up. Like this is this cool. Is it's neat. a great. It's a great shot. It's illustrated great. And I love three weeks later. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying, you know, like I'm not having that nightmare anymore. Instead of I'm kind of having this new reoccurring dream mm-hmm. instead. Or I'm talking to a coach named Steven, and he's just like. It, this doesn't mean anything, but all that matters is that I'm not having that nightmare about my family. Like my, I don't have guilt about this anymore. He's he's moved on from it. Yeah, like, he's been able to he's been able to mourn and go through it, and he mm-hmm. knows he's she's happy. He, he got like a new little picture of new Phoenix, and he's basically saying, "Oh, you know, I'm happy that Grant's happy too." You know, it, mm-hmm. so you can see like they do really care for each other. And this is where we jump back. The UNSC says, all right, everybody prepare for jump. And they jump. So repairs are done. Thorne's good to go. Mm-hmm. We're good to go. Let's go. Back at it. Mm-hmm. It's basically like one of those anime episodes in between. Mm-hmm. It, it was a filler episode, but I like these these quote-unquote filler and they, issues. Because they do so well. Because mm-hmm. you have the action for five to six issues. You get a little bit of downtime, which is super nice. Mm-hmm. Really cool. And then, and then yeah, it's, yeah, it's back at it because... It, Again, that that gave some backstory about Thorn and kind of these feelings that he had been dealing with. That was the end of issue seven, by the mm-hmm. way. 
And now, you know, it, it was, again, kind of something to pull at your heartstrings to know that this isn't just action, action, action. Like, because that's what I expected. I thought, like, the heartstrings thing would just be... Uh, Panel ja- 2 or something. Yeah, or James Cutter's son yeah. kind of story. Like, kind of sad, but then they actually give you a sad they actually, story. Like, they actually, like, make you feel in that one. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that sucks. But... I guess, you know, inside and lore-wise, it also gives you an insight into New Phoenix and, like, what composing is and how mm-hmm. it happened and who is affected by it. Yep. Really interesting. But now we have issue eight. Mm-hmm. It, it And it does a quick little flashback to eight months ago, and it's describing... It's the end of Halo 4. Yeah, it's just it's describing the end of Halo 4 and showing what happens and even showing uh, uh, Chief... He, Chief and Cortana defeat the Didact... And then all of a sudden, now they're having their little heart-to-heart where he can't take her with. And we see that he's talking to to Hood, to Osman, to all the higher-ups. And, and we're actually a year earlier. Mm-hmm. So most of what we're—yeah, we're actually like a year or so. Because we're actually July 25th, 2557, giving that debriefing basically to all the higher-ups, you know, saying, hey, was Cortana destroyed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it seems like for the most part, they're really starting to grill him about what was going on. And they're even talking about the didact as well. And they're like, we don't have a corpse. This was not a confirmed kill. Like, we really don't we don't know if he's out there or not. Yeah, because Chief basically says, listen, I can't give you a KIA. I did watch him go through that portal. I watched all this stuff happen. But yes, I, I cannot confirm any of that. Mm-hmm. But he can confirm. I destroyed the composer. Earth should be safe. Yeah, and and so afterwards we see that Hood actually approaches Master Chief and was like, "Listen, like, obviously that didn't you you got grilled there. I'm really mm-hmm. sorry about that." And kind of basically says like, "Listen, we can kind of take you out of the field." Yeah, do you want to be, do you want to be? Because he basically said, "At the snap of a finger, you're going to have Admiral as your title." Mm-hmm. Like you've been doing this so long, let's let's get you out of the field. Like let's make you admiral, and and you can just relax for a while. And he basically says like, nah, like it just doesn't have the same ring as Master Chief. Basically, yeah, like I love it. Yeah, and so he's like, all right, whatever. Uh, listen, we have this this science team that was attacked on Gamma Halo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they don't know yet. All we know, like they were attacked by someone, mm-hmm. and we know that it was Spartan Black who escorted them. And we see a hologram of their their, uh, helmets pop up with Roman numerals 1, 2, 3, and 4. And Alex and I are getting excited because Bloodline was a great comic Mm -hmm. series. Well, we're not going to be excited for that long. But now it's up to Master Chief to go investigate. And we actually get some heartfelt reunions. We do. We get a full panel of Blue Team Mm -hmm. with some... Face reveals. Yep. And some updated armor, actually, to kind of what they're going to have in Halo 5. Yeah, because 343 is like, get them new armor. Yeah. Get them new armor. Because Chief's like, nah, I'm a I'm a Spartan 2 through and through. And then because we changed them up to have like scout armor and other stuff, like especially for Kelly and Linda, Fred's pretty close to his armor, but Kelly and Linda changed it up a bit. But yeah, we get to see them and like get this reunion, which is really cool. And, you know, they, they said, hey, are they taking, you know, we never let you see again. Are they taking off the mission? He goes, no, nah, we do every mission we want. Basically, he's like, <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah, pretty much what he says. So mm-hmm. they head over to uh, like this asteroid field right outside of Gamma Halo that they're kind of studying. Mm-hmm. And we see some cracks and some stuff that's very reminiscent to some of the Prometheans. Yeah. And we even see uh, she says crawlers. We know it's dogs, but, uh, <laughs> it's but dumb robot but, dogs. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Fred's like, oh, these are, uh, or it's Fred that says, you know, crawlers, but yeah, it's dumb robot dogs. Yeah, because, you know, that's what Cortana was reporting back to them. And so they make it down and they see just everyone kind of wiped out mm-hmm. as well as Black Team just splayed. And man, it's uh, graphic, too. Yeah. We got decapitation. We got just a bunch of stuff that just all laid out. I'm really glad that we got a backstory, a very good backstory about these guys to then see them just dead. I mean, and that's literally it. It's so, so sad with that, too. But, yeah, they basically say, all right, you know, and I love that, especially with Chief, he's like, that sucks. Anyway, Kelly, <laughs> you still find those tracks again? <laughs> Sounds good. Let's go. Uh, uh, this is weird. Let's get out of here. But then, unfortunately, they do come in contact with Promethean Knights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get surrounded, and basically, it's just all hell breaks loose. We see them even engaging in some hand-to-hand combat with some of them. Before finally they, they take them all out and then just keep following the uh, dumb dog robot tracks. <laughs> and can I say though, as far as the Prometheans, in my opinion, they look much better in the comic than they do in the game. Mm, they look great. They look fantastic. I mean, the Promethean crawlers don't look so much like dogs in this one. Mm-hmm. They actually look like these really cool, almost humanoid bent over abominations mm-hmm. as opposed to like the weird dog thing that we see in the game. Yeah. Which I, I, I do like. But yeah, so they, they find themselves and they see this underground facility. Mm-hmm. So they start making their way down there. And I love these panels to show the overall like size of it. The scale it, of everything. It, it yeah. shows them moving down and they look like just ants on, on the panels essentially. Mm-hmm. And we see that it's, it's 100% foreigner because it's beautiful, like cut stone and metal that's Br- bright and gray no abrasions and they mm-hmm. go in and this is really really interesting this is where we get the first look at like a composer vault basically oh this is cr- this is so cool that's basically holding all of these human souls in the composer's mm-hmm. abyss is what it's called and it's it's so morbid. It's all these like souls, like this red outline. It's very similar to like like Iona and a couple of the other AIs that are red. Mm-hmm. It's that very same tone. Yeah, and they're all like kind of like reaching out for them, but they're all far it's very, enough away. It's very like Dante's. It's mm. very much like that. Yeah, and and this is where you learn like, oh my god, this is what happens. They don't just instantly go into a body. They're kind of like there, like they're they're there until they need to be used, essentially yes. like tortured. And moving on from that, we see there's this monitor flying around saying, like, uh-oh, boss man's not going to be pleased. Mm-hmm. And, and so goes and, and says, like, listen, um, you said that whenever humans find your, your abyss to let you know, like, they just found some. They just found it. And he's and, and you see this character is like, oh, that's pretty soon. And then all of a sudden the, the panel changes and it's the didact. Mm-hmm. He's back. He's alive. And he's like, I look forward to welcoming them to my world. And I will say the didact looks great in this so comic period. Better. He looks a lot more like unique. He looks built like a, a forerunner uh, linebacker. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, in the next panel we see in the next comic, it's very spawn inspired. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell it's just it's just done well. You could tell a lot of the illustrators have a huge com- like a comic book superhero background because mm-hmm. a lot of those characters they did really really well with the lines. Yeah, but yeah. So that that ends it. Obviously, we get the die deck back. A little summary of the issue for you. We get Master Chief again. Mm-hmm. We get the retellings of Halo Four and reintroduction of the Blue Team. And now we're figuring out what happens to those souls and 
our our big D mm-hmm. is back, as some might say. Yeah. As, as everyone says, typically, the big D. Yeah. No um, one calls him Didact anymore. No, it's, it's big D. It's big D. Big D. It's been... <laughs> been reborn <laughs> but yeah and so now we're actually the next issue it goes to yesterday than what we just uh, yesterday from before and uh yesterday from before yes basically yes to summarize it goes to black team yep, team yep. Black. the day before mm. they're seeing some something coming in yes and they're they're gonna go make their way to kind of investigate and they find the didact just laying on the ground, passed out. Mm-hmm. Of course, they haven't played Halo 4. They don't know who he is. They say that they've never seen anything like it. And uh, as they're trying to figure out, like, yeah, is there anything else like this? He wakes up, stands up. He's 20 foot tall in this comic, in case you don't know. He's, <laughs> he's legitimately 20 foot tall. And he just says, more of you unacceptable. Mm-hmm. That's the last we see of, of them in this comic because, you know, when they find him... They're dead. Yep. And then we jump back to our little floaty ball, our monitor. You know, it's like, you know, what is what is this going on? Like, where is this installation's monitor? You know, what 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 is happening? You know, identify yourself. What is this? And this is where we see the didact first come in contact with his monitor, and the monitor says, you know, I'm eight five nine static car Carolyn, whatever that is. And he's I know who you are. You're the keeper of the composers. And he's like and you're the didact. I, I love you see that the didact obviously just got done with blue te- or with black team because mm-hmm. he's covered in blood. Oh, yeah. It's such grim detail. Like I said, it's very Spawn-esque, like the claws and everything. Mm-hmm. Super close to that. Love it. So, yeah, so they basically start talking and, you know, he says, how are you still alive? Like, I thought you... It, and I love that the monitor's like, am I suffering? Basically, if I'm suffering trauma, like, am I suffering breakdown in my logic? Am I crazy right yeah. now? He says, no, I, I decided to come to this installation because there was no response from the monitor. I didn't know what was going on. I wanted to just check up, you know, just doing a, just doing a Q&A, see mm-hmm. how things are going. And uh, he says, okay, well, can you take me to the Composer's Forge? And he's like, all right, show me it. And then we jump back to today's time, which is after yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so we have Blue Team going through a portal and... They just assume that it'll stay open, essentially. Uh, John, I love that. John's a pro now. They're basically like, as long as that portal's open, we have a way home. Yep. As if, like, <laughs> it's just like, AK, let's hope it stay open. Because now. It? John was in Halo 4. He knows how the portals work. <laughs> they just are scripted. So it's fine. <laughs> it's just code, okay? Yeah. That's all it is. But yeah, and we see this almost, uh, we like, very. You can tell it's a lot older Forerunner uh, structures because mm-hmm. we see more fauna and trees and everything starting to grow over it. Yes. He says it's just odd. You know, he it says it's, it's odd to have a city like this out in the open and they finally come upon, you know, this thing down at the end of the alley, which is six composers, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and that's and that's when John says there's six, you know, uh, why? Like, like how, how is this possible? And that's when behind them you have the didact. Who's now 30 foot. Yeah, who's, who's, he's literally who's, getting bigger. Listen, he does what he wants because he has a key. Yep, he has the key that's for activating the halos. Mm-hmm. And you know, he says, "Welcome to the composer's forge." <laughs> that's how big guys talk now. Dun, 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 dun. There's some dramatic music going on. It's crazy. And this is kind of like a boss fight again because John's like, "Weapons free." Braca 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 braca. <laughs> the the Pac-Man noise. Yep. But Didact stops him. Predictable. Slams the ground. Shoves him. Says, you know, you know, your nightmares have already won. Like, I will take you over. And he brings in some more knights, you know, some crawlers, you know, a bit of everything to kind of attack those little floaty 
helicopters. Which I love this panel of him standing there with all yes. of the Prometheans coming in behind him. Like, again, he looks so cool. You know who comic. stole that? Who? Infinity War. Wow. Wow. I mean, they, this, they, I, mean, I mean, Halo goes back to Dead Rising, but Infinity <laughs> War goes back to obviously, Halo Escalation. Uh, obviously, the, the Russo brothers were reading this comic, and they're like, we're going to steal that. It happens. <laughs> uh, so at, at this point, we have this, this, this battle happening, and we, we hear the monitor say, arriving, didact. And blink, a halo appears like right above them. Mm-hmm. So basically, they slip space this halo to the didact's location. Yeah, as they're fighting, the monitor just decides to just come like introduce themselves like mm-hmm. hey just so you know i'm i'm the monitor uh the you know and uh this is where we keep the composers just do you guys want a tour in the middle of this fight because i can give you a tour yep uh yeah, so, you know, just so you know we gotta repair that halo once we got that repaired he will annihilate your planet <laughs> i love it's just so calm it's just like so that that's kind of what's gonna go down um but this this goes back to the monitor because you know as we've seen with Guilty Spark and a couple of the other ones, they still retain a, a, an ounce of humanity. Mm-hmm. And the monitor actually switches sides. Yeah. And he goes, he got all those tortured souls and shoved them into, you know, all of these Prometheans. Like, that is unacceptable. You know, we need to take care of this, so I'm going to help you guys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's going against kind of the mantle as we see like you're you're supposed to preserve life mm-hmm. not to take it especially the goal is is there's no flood or anything like that so it's purely just kind of a revenge mission on the yes part and i even love that as they're making as they're escaping from the prometheans even uh the monitor is starting to fight the prometheans as well and shooting like the laser at them i think that's kind of cool yeah, because I love that he says he brought his abominations here. He violated the sanctity of my home. Mm-hmm. So it's it's even like the human thing of like, this is my home. Well, yeah, we see how defensive monitors are of the uh, any kind of installation that they're in charge of. Mm-hmm. Magically, like Jesse said, the portal's still open. They're Thank sprinting you. back to the portal. You know, they start to go through and... John asked the monitor, hey, can you, de- can you deactivate this portal? You know, because mm-hmm. it is scripted, so can you do this? <laughs> can you press the button? Yeah. And so the monitor says, go, enough talk, I will take care of this. Badass monitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they do start making their way out of that facility that they were in before all of a sudden Didac shows up once yes. again because he can teleport and has superpowers. That's his spawn. But he's yeah, spawn so, Didac. So basically it's just him beating the tar out of each and every one of them. But Master Chief does sneak up behind the Didact with like the weird or the world's weirdest looking knife. It's, it's like this half. It's like, a, it's like a knife that's still in the mold that they <laughs> didn't like cut off the edges of. Yeah. And, and he sneaks up behind Didact and actually shoves his knife in his eye. And which really doesn't seem to phase Didact at all because mm-hmm. he actually lifts up the Master Chief and starts squeezing the helmet. And then we get a to be continued. Mm-hmm. And that's it. We're not going to talk about it ever again. No, but <laughs> but so, yeah, that was the end of the issue. So now we're seeing that the Didact's back. Yeah. So so issue nine, obviously, we get the idea of the composer. We get the idea of a new monitor mm-hmm. and that. You know, there's there's six more composers that he has at his at his will and his plan to basically wipe everything out. Mm-hmm. So oh, we'll see what happens. I mean, blue team's kind of getting 
tossed around, and we we end with Chief getting his helmet crushed. Mm-hmm. And, and the and the new issue, next issue, starts with Baby, Matt, Baby John. Baby John, and and it's again we're having a lot of those narrations. He's like, I don't remember my name. I don't remember my family. He's like, I don't really remember anything about my life. And it's kind of a callback to the fall of Reach because we see that he's playing. Uh, a game of, I guess, yeah, King of the Hill, mm-hmm. and just beating the tar out of everyone. We even see Halsey and Keys just barely in the background observing, and he he's again kind of reminiscing about being a child, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, after all of this this combat and years I've I've fought the Covenant and everything, I'm now here, my day where I'll probably die in battle, and we see it goes back to the present day of the Didact squeezing the helmet and busting. Or, or cracking it to where his eye appears in mm-hmm. the visor. Beautiful blue eye. Mischief reveal. <laughs> Face reveal. Yep. And so before the didact can actually kill him, uh, Blue Team does go in and try to save him, but he just throws Master Chief into Fred, I believe. And just the battle continues. But really, the only way that they can kind of hurt him is using Promethean weapons. Yes, because what they end up learning... So they have this whole battle. Everything goes about even firing more weapons at him into his face. Are we done here? The only thing that stops him ends up being the monitor. Mm-hmm. And, he, you know, he even says, you know, I wholeheartedly agree and shoots mm-hmm. him in the back and then gets him teleported out of there and then reveals to him, hey, uh, you know, you guys need to switch up your weapons. Like he's attuned to your weapons. So you yeah. do no damage, basically. Yeah, he, he's used to him by now. So you kind of need to change things up and... They go over to to John to wake him up, and I love that he can't take the helmet off for sake of not seeing his face. He's like, my, hus- my helmet is fused. I can't take it off. So he can basically, like I'm assuming the screen is broken, so he can only see through one eye. So mm-hmm. his depth perception isn't ideal, but basically whenever the monitor transported the didact away tells him he's like um well i just kind of transported him to the safest place here which would kind of mean like you guys are safe as well so uh he he transported him to the control room mm-hmm. of the facility and he didn't he he dropped the key though when he was transported so this is where john kind of has this idea he's like I know a weapon he can't adapt to holding up the key to fire the halo. So, you know, meaning like, hey, we can probably take him out. And all of a sudden it, it switches to the Didact waking room. Sweet. And so so he finds himself in the control room. And then that's where Chief confronts him and basically says, like, and basically says, like, listen, uh, I've tried everything. I know what I can do now to take you out. Basically just puts the key, casually walks over, puts the key in the control center. Is like, hey. This is this is going to take you out. So, yeah. See ya. And and so then Chief Base says, "All right. So what our plan is two step: deactivate security security protocols and launch this section of the ring into space." Mm-hmm. So yep. so they take that chunk of ring, launch it down to that facility planet that we were on before, mm-hmm. and it ends up destroying the composers, destroys the city, and basically saves that day. You know, in a yeah. way, and well, we see. At that point, too, the didact getting composed himself. Yeah, he, like, falls over. I think it's composed. I think it's because I had to, like, look into this. I was like, what happened here? But he, I guess, is getting, yeah, he gets composed himself as well. Mm-hmm. 
but there's been some backlash because I guess he can't get composed. So because he's because he's not like a soul like type thing. He's just a. I don't remember the rationale, but a lot of people were like, "That's not how that works." Just an FYI, not my hill to die upon. But either way, at that time we we're like, "Oh, we lost John because all that happened." Mm-hmm. But the monitor, being the cool monitor they are, like on the contrary, I saved him. We teleported back. I'm the cool guy. You know, you know, he's taken care of. And this is where the monitor kind of has its own redemption. This this really quick redemption arc. It's like, all right, I now have a new purpose because the composer's vault and all that stuff's pretty much destroyed. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start rebuilding this ring. Mm-hmm. You know, that's gonna be my 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 goal. And here we go. And basically, it's like, by the way, I'm yeah, we're just getting out of here. I'm not gonna tell you where it is. See ya. Because mm-hmm. because they're kind of like, whoa, you should tell us where it is. He's like, no, and gets out of there. But we do move back now. Uh, it's 72 hours later. And again, it's it's Hood talking to Master Chief. And Master Chief is like, he's contained, but I can't say that. Again, he's dead. And so Hood's like, doesn't really matter. Like, it's it's good what you did. I'm ordering that blue team take some R&R. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys need some rest. You've been in that armor for literally years. Take a rest. And so Chief, kind of, he's like, okay. Sounds good. And then goes over to Blue Team, and you know, they ask, what Hood say? He goes, oh, you give us the all clear. We're going back. We, uh, we're going back on a mission, because, you know, they're probably like, man, I really could use some R&R. And then Chief is just like, now nah, we're going back on a mission. And I do love that this panel ends with two members of Redacted talking. And basically, Hood found out that Chief just went back on missions, but he was the last one to find out. And basically, mm-hmm. they're saying... A, Hood really isn't in con- as much control as he thinks, and B, basically Oni's kind of pre- has been predicting that Chief is going to just work himself to death, literally. And I, I think I think this is also 343's way of writing it in, just in case they want to kill Chief off at some point. Because <laughs> they're basically saying, like, you know, he's going to work himself to death. He can't keep going like this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, they're like, we've kind of been predicting this for a while now. Mm-hmm. But... But that was it. Yeah, that, that was issue 10. That wraps up issue 10. And uh, essentially, Didact is now dead. He was killed off in a comic. Kind of ballsy 343. I will give you that. But yeah. alas, that's where we're at. Yeah, it's very interesting. So that was a, uh, let's see, we got seven, eight, nine, ten. There's another four issues mm-hmm. that we had down. That was the Didact kind of arc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately, we lost Blue Team in there. Excuse me. We lost uh, Team Black in there. Um, also, as a didact, got to know some more monitors and see that there were more composers. Yeah. Is that all of them? You know, it was the vault, but we don't know. We don't know. It was the composer's forge. But now we're on issue 11. And issue 11 starts us off on Planet Ven 3, unadministered territory on the outskirts of J.O. Zone. Mm-hmm. And this is 2558, back to present time of where we are today. And this is where we have a ship flying through saying access granted, got to these terminals, and seeing this live feed of these like floating alien pods mm-hmm. with just a bunch of dead jackals like scattered about, tongues hanging, skin kind of ripped out. And it's an infection site is what it's saying. Yes. Yeah, so what we're learning um, as this drone appears, because it's basically Osman talk it's Osman talking to Lasky mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, you know, there's this bioweapon that was stolen from this facility, it seems like. We need a small recon team to go down there, see what's going on. You know, and they're saying, you know, this planet, this planet is abandoned. Don't worry. There's maybe 
you know, a couple hundred jackals across the entire planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we just need a small team. So it ends up being Ray and Thorn that Lasky says, okay, you're going down there. All you need to do is basically scout it out see what's going on, and then report back, you know, if you need cavalry, but you'll be fine. Yeah, because you're looking for this one elite who has this bioweapon. Mm-hmm. And and they buddy up, and they make their way down to the surface of the planet, which uh, Ven 3. And I even like that we see just this jackal that's just bored, <laughs> yeah. sniping little lizards, and it's just like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, a Spartan appears behind him and takes him out. And you notice they, they've been just kind of making their way through and noticing that these it's no man's land mm-hmm. and these jackals are just kind of here like they're they're as i said he's just sniping lizards yeah because even say this he seemed aimless like mm-hmm. he was just waiting in the middle of nowhere and they're like you know there's there's got to be something more like uh, there's no actual patrols like what is this and they mm-hmm. said okay let's go in the slotted canyon that'll take us right to this facility and then i love that they're like oh you know the second mission the second the mission is compromised you know we'll know as we're seeing them viewed through Covenant binoculars. Yeah, because then all of a sudden they had a drone, that drone in there, and this uh, this Zangheili that they were looking for found the drone mm-hmm, and, and is destroying it. And then all of a sudden this is where Roland tells Lasky, like, hey, we just lost signal, mm-hmm. uh, and, and there's no way to get a hold of them literally whatsoever. Yeah, I've, I've tried every channel. I've tried to be comms. It's jammed down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so now he's like, he's he's like, uh, we need to talk to Palmer because what they're going to do is try to send more people because they're literally like, it's only two Spartans. It shouldn't be a big deal. And then later he's like, it's only another two Spartans. It's not going to be a big deal. Yeah, and and we see them actually make their way to that facility we saw in that uh, that spy video. Mm-hmm. That's basically where the jackals were. And as they get there and open it up. There's actually fire coming from behind them. So they go in and slam the door shut. We now see potentially that same elite with a a huge amount of jackals around him. Mm -hmm. Weapons all trained on that little facility. Yeah, and so they're they're being led by him, and and so they are fighting their way through all of them. And eventually that elite puts uh, some kind of like EMP device on the back of thorn mm-hmm. and i'm assuming it's emp or just like some kind of electric device that just shocks him and disables it, the armor yeah immobilizes him and so now all of a sudden he's taken out and we see that the elite has taken him with on a ghost yes mm-hmm. and taken him out of that little box canyon they were in yeah even though i can't even see him on i, that I know i actually looked at the panel a couple times i was confused because yeah. i was like okay so he killed him and then like threw him away and then drove away and I'm like oh no he, he took him with him mm-hmm. yeah because then this is where we jump back to the infinity and like you said palmer's like hey why didn't you tell me you're sending some people down there lasky like we're in this together let's uh-huh. stop with this covert stuff and lasky said okay fine you can go maybe one other one that's that's it okay, okay two more people <laughs> that's yeah. it and then we have an actual clearance where Roland pops up he's like actually I'm getting word from Spartan Ray mm-hmm. and Ray's you know basically saying hey I'm on them uh, they took Thorn it was a battle ensued I've made my way down here however can you view my live footage we've got everything down in this 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 canyon I went into like she basically went underground mm-hmm. They've got ships. They've got slaves. They've got weapons. It's a huge Kigyar pirate. Yeah, because because the slaves are humans, and you see uh, some Ungoy in there yes. too. So it's because uh, again, you know, the jackals really aren't 
tied to any side. They were no, only part. Even if you go back to the lore of it, they were really only in the covenant for money and power. They were pirates, yeah, essentially. Yeah, and the covenant promised them all of that, so that's why they were with them. But now, mm-hmm. when it's just they're, they're freelancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so as uh, uh, Ray sees this, we see in a panel that a jackal starts coming out of the darkness and oh, so cool sneaking up behind her. But then all of a sudden. They lose communications with Ray. Now this is like, okay, we're like, now that they learn that this is a much bigger mission, it's like all hands on deck. Yes. We're going there. We're going there. This is an actual assault force now. Because Ray even said like, hey, listen, that Jekyll count went from a couple hundred to like a couple hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that was the end of issue number 11. Yeah. So 11 starts us off on a new story arc. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're getting this weird mission where there's a potential bioweapon. Happening, yep. and they're basically saying that this bioweapon just kills everything. It's not mm-hmm. discretionary. We need to take care of it because we've heard through the grapevine that someone wants to buy it and it can be used anywhere. Mm, yeah. So they spend them down. We see that actually this is a huge Kigyar pirate world. So yeah. we we're, we're going to have a battle ensuing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we're starting off issue number twelve, and mm-hmm. we have this Kigyar attack ray. But it's obviously just pretty futile because she just beats the crap out of it and puts a knife in its throat. I will also say a quick pause. This comic also did all the alien races justice on their size. Mm-hmm, because it's like you see her on top of it and it's huge. Yes, which they're supposed to be. They're made smaller for the game and stuff like that. But they're mm-hmm. actually like if you look at the lore, they're big. Grunts are five foot. And and they're the smallest species in yes. the Covenant. So it's really cool to see that. But continue mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And so now she's learning that, okay, we have the Infinity on the way. And she's trying to find a, uh, some kind of transportation. And she actually finds a Spectre mm-hmm. from Halo 2. So, again, we talked about it. 343 put everything in this comic, even stuff from, like, Halo 2 that we never saw again. Well, and I love it, too, because, like you, like we said, it's it's a it's a... Kigyar pirate world. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have antiquities and stolen artifacts from everything. Mm-hmm. And we we even see, because she ends up being able to pilot this, she's like, come on, hunk of junk. Just last me like another couple feet. Yeah. You know, so we know it's like old and broken down. We've and... been in college. We've all had those cars. Yes. So we know that feeling of just get me to class <laughs> today. We'll worry about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so this was her plan to kind of like infiltrate and get closer to Thorn because in one of the smaller panels, we saw a Kigyar dragging Thorn away down where they were. So back over on the Infinity, we see Palmer setting up her Majestic team and basically saying, listen, this was an exfiltration mission at the time. We're going in. We're going to take care of this and we're going to just destroy this nest. However... It is crucial that our our number one priority is finding that elite that has that mm. death juice. O- over anything else. I love death juice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> New band name. <laughs> but so we go back to Ven 3, and we actually see this uh, this Queen Kigyar mm-hmm. and uh, her subordinates talking to her. And I love this little detail. I think someone pointed out on Twitter forever ago, but I, fi- I finally get to mention it, is that she's sitting in a prophet's chair. Yes. So, again, it has that idea that they forage anything they can get, even a prophet's chair. And we even see that in some of the other uh, stories and issues we've talked about with Kigar Queens is that they just take anything and everything to feel that mightiness. Mm -hmm. And we've seen them basically even kill people they're with to take what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we see that that elite that Thorn and uh, Ray had been chasing around is now talking to this queen 
and she's trying to figure out uh what's what's your name and he's basically just like doesn't matter who i am i have what you want i have a spartan for you still alive Mm -hmm. yeah so basically like you you know because you know that's what they do and he he shows her the helmet and she's like i want this for my collection now Mm -hmm. so so bring it to me oh and and this is where he jumps in and says listen i captured him on your planet so his masters know that you're here Mm-hmm. So you need to prepare and figure out what's going on. And then this is the panels where we start where Ray's like, come on, you piece of junk. Come mm-hmm. more feet. Get yeah. me there. <laughs> yeah, come on. And we even see this uh, this green phantom, mm-hmm. which is a Halo 3 callback because they were those were uh, the covenant that took the side of humanity. Yes. And we see them kind of dismantling it and taking parts off of it. Mm-hmm. And this is really where... You see that elite start to drum up trouble within the Kig Yar. Because one of the Kig Yar approaches the queen and says, hey, you know, shouldn't we stay here? Because, like, they were contemplating, like, leaving as humans are coming to, like, hide. Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't we stay here? Like, we fought this. And, you know, the guy's like, I believe it's best we do that. And the queen just goes, kill him. <laughs> yeah, just, and he gets dragged out. It's like, whoa, 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 I was just giving you advice. Come on. Don't shoot the messenger. She always shoots the messenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this is where we see then the infinity start to make its way towards the planet itself, and they're met, of course, with a lot of not not covenant, but jackal. Oh, it, yeah, it's all kig yard. Yeah, kig yard opposition. All their ships, because the queen basically rallied any operable ship to go out into space to meet the infinity when it mm-hmm. came through slip space. And this is where we do have like a few panels of like a really cool. Space battle, mm-hmm. which we don't see too terribly much. So I thought that was really cool. And then we see that the rest of the Spartans are trying to make their way into the planet in the midst of this battle. Yes. Then we jump back to, which I love this, panel of Thorn, where that elite's coming back and is like, all right, job's almost complete. We just got to exchange him. Uh, unlock him, you two can. And then we see the two Kig Yar go down. Mm-hmm. And we hear, huh. And then a more brecka, brecka, brecka. Back up, back up. <laughs> with with like a crunch of this panel and it and we see Thorn get released and it happened to be like Ray had made it with her bracka 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 uh, <laughs> and is firing on that elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I once again I love Spartan quips. So Ray brings uh Thorn his helmet and says, You don't look so good, Thorn. He goes, Oh, just some superficial wounds. She goes, Oh, I mean with your helmet off. Like you're <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I, I love stuff like that that's just so dumb Mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah so we do see that the queen is overall like "Eh, let's actually get out of here yeah yeah and and as we're seeing the queen escape you know she's taking her flagship and i I think like two or three other escorts like all right we're heading out they'll they'll give us enough cover we'll rebuild later we just have some just missiles from the sky just rain down i assume from the spartans just decimate her and Mm -hmm. the lair and everything around it Mm -hmm. yeah because then afterwards uh, the the Spartans make their way inside of these caverns and start clearing house. Essentially, it's Palmer and the rest of them as well. Um, it, it moves back to to Ray and Thorn. She's basically gonna have to leave him there uh, for now because he's still handcuffed. He can't get yes, out of those. Because she says to Palmer, like, "Listen, uh, mission priority is the serum stuff." Like, we got to go. We need to get someone down here to, to, to rescue him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so she follows him in a ghost and she's chasing him through all this ensuing chaos. They finally make their way out of those underground caverns and she shoots part of the ghost and he flies out of it and lands on the ground. 
So you kind of think like, oh, okay, cool. Mission accomplished. He walks over to him and is basically like, listen, hand me the canister. And he's he's like, uh, it's not really mine to give. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, a bunch of Oni agents show up. And we're like, we'll take it from here. Like, oh, it's, it's like it's so kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. hey, this is our issue. Like, we'll take it from here. You guys G- did enough. Gives her like a holographic panel and is like, hey, like this is, you know, orders for, uh, from Osman. Like, yes. you are no longer part of this. Move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it from here. We got the elite. We got the serum, the, the death juice. Get out of here. So in a way, you're like, okay, like Oni kind of predicted this and they want to bring the elite in and, and question mm-hmm. him. Yeah, and they, but they don't even detain him or anything. Yeah, they just the tell him like, all right, let, like, get on our ship. And Ray's like, you're not going to detain him or put handcuffs on him or anything. And, and, and that's where, because we then see a panel after that with Ray just in dress down in, in just, just regular civilian clothes with Thorne on a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And she's saying, and that's how it ended. You know, and I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what happened with this. We have Lasky talking over Palmer. And, and and basically telling Palmer, like, hey, listen, I know you're mad at Ray for telling Majestic to not pursue, but that's what needed to be done. Like, we ended up saving Thorn. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have been buried alive. So don't don't be too harsh on her. But the real thing we need to discuss in my debrief with Osman, you know, after, you know, saying that we, we started this all-out war, all this stuff happened, mm-hmm. she seemed pleased. Yeah. yeah. And that wasn't our mission. Yeah, and so there's obviously some confusion still there, and they're, like, sharing some drinks and basically saying, like, listen, Oni played us. And we're still seeing that. I love seeing this disconnect between the UNSC and Oni. Like, they're, like, they're still mm-hmm. behind the shadows using the UNSC and using and risking Spartan lives to get what they want. And we don't really know who that who that elite was or what happened. What was in the container? What was he doing there? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, because we're seeing that, okay— is that an elite that they had high priority over? Is that someone that we don't really know what's going on, but we mm-hmm. do know that Lasky's getting wise to it, and obviously his confidant Palmer is as well. And mm-hmm. they were basically saying, we saw in the news of these reports of this Kigyar thing, I saw in a report months back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we believe this was used as a cover-up distraction to destroy that, while also Oni getting something in their own. And... I love that, you know, Palmer and him are saying, you know, drink up, Lasky. We'll get a fresh start tomorrow. And Lasky says, sure thing, Commander. Just promise me one thing. You'll never let me forget what we learned today. Because mm-hmm, it's, it's, it's important, again, that I said mm-hmm. that disconnect. Yes. So it, to know that Oni is really not part of the military. They're their own mm-hmm. unit that puppets the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. And they don't like that one bit. But... I want to say that is the end of issue 12, mm-hmm. and that's the end of this episode because this is going to be a two-parter because it's it's 24 issues. Yeah, we, we, we tried to figure out, Jess and I went back and forth, and how do we present this? Because, I mean, we stretched a three-issue into over an hour, mm-hmm. and so we wanted to give you guys enough info without rushing through panels, without rushing through all those aspects of it. So yes, we're going to break it into two parts for you. Our, yeah. s- our first part, we'll kind of we'll wrap it up for you. We'll give mm-hmm. you kind of a concise, you know, we see this post-war aspect of trying to bring these two factions together, bring the elites um, and the brutes together. Mm-hmm. An obvious sabotage by our son of James Cutter. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate aspect of attacking the infinity 
and kind of the result of that and learning a little bit more uh, about the insurrectionists. Yeah. We also learn more about it. We, we had a little quick side story with Thorne mm-hmm. and his family. And then we also learned uh, what really happened to the didact after Halo 4. Yes. Is that he, he survived uh, and now he was trying to basically attack Earth and wipe out all of humanity, but then got composed himself. Mm-hmm. We also see... Black team's dead, and blue team is now fully reunited and stronger than ever. Yes, so setting us up for five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've seen plenty of those aspects of it, and now we've seen really this distrust in Oni that everyone's kind of already had, but Lasky's really growing with it and getting that skepticism and seeing the growth and really our respect for the Spartan Fours of Majestic mm-hmm. and, and really getting to know them. And this comic, thus far as we've known, really makes me feel for these Spartans as much as I did the Spartan 2s and some of the OG stuff, mm-hmm. like getting to know them and their character. Yeah, Spartans really, no matter what, don't have it easy. Mm-mm. But, I mean, I think overall, I, 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 that was also a perfect place to stop because it starts, our, the next issues are Spartan Ops, the Janus Key. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really starting to dive into that plot yes. that they wanted to show in Spartan Ops Season 2. But yeah, we we will be returning with Halo Escalation Part 2. Mm-hmm. So this is Part 1. We'll give you a Part 2. It'll be good. It'll be great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty excited for the Part 2. Um, honestly, we didn't know what we were going to do with this as we started to record, and we just decided, you know, we need to give it to the people. Exactly, and give you enough detail to where it's not, we're not summarizing a, a just a comic in a few sentences. Yeah, I would I would have hated that. I would have felt bad about it. So we're giving you a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Thank you again for listening. And as always, uh, you know, one of our biggest supporters are our patrons through our Patreon. Yep. So obviously help us out monetarily and just some great people. So want to thank them today. Uh, we've got Charles Zitter, Tactics, Skyjack, Harvey Chong, Brandon Reshitar, Angry Canadian, ZZ Slipaway, Grant Dillon, Mr. Choff, Cowan Fong Feliciano, Dragonfire, James Gervasi, Jonas, DGamer1298, Duststorm, Alejandro Yaramil, Dilfix, Quantum Easy, that LL Gamer Guy, Graham, Jamie Sneed, McRae, Austin, Mega, Thomas Goulding, Nick Hyman, Francis, Tuna0317, and Brendan Christian. So thank you guys so much for the support. And as always, we've got our cool Patreon. So if you have any questions about it, we've got some really cool stuff for it. And it really helps support us. So if you guys do enjoy our program, as you make all it a program, uh, <laughs> that supports us. Appreciate it. Yeah, and if you do want to find us on social, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, you can find us on any and all of those platforms. Also, if you want to join our Discord, you know, uh, click the link in the bio of any of our social platforms or in the description of this episode. Oh, oh, and I will give you a random title if you tell me why I'm the best host in the world or why Jesse's the best host in the world, and then we'll compare and then I'll ban you if you pick Jesse, but <laughs> I will compare them. Yeah, so if you want a cool random title, join our Discord today. Beautiful. And, and if for some reason, sometimes, you know, a link won't work, message us. We will send you one as soon as possible. Awesome. And as always, I'm taking Jesse's job over because I want to. You can check us out on any podcast platform. Spotify, iTunes, the other ones. Check them out. SoundCloud or CastBox or something. <laughs> Wherever you want. Radio. We're, we're everywhere. It doesn't matter. But if you do, leave us a review on Apple. Super awesome. It puts us up in the rankings. Keeps growing our membership. 
Love it so much. And check us out on Spotify. That'll push our rankings up as well. We'll hit, we'll hit that recommended list. Boom. Check back. We will be doing a Halo Escalation Part 2 episode. It's going to be awesome. And it's going to be next week. It's going to be next week. We're so no gonna, two-weekers for this one. We're not going to make make you wait two weeks. That'd be ridiculous, even though we usually do. <laughs> not this time. Not this time. But other times, <laughs> yes. With that, I am your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. Thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. No, I think we're just getting started.